Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we are diving into our first mailbag episode of the podcast. So um, I finally have been doing this podcast long enough to where we get uh, comments. So uh, typically for mailbag episodes, you guys send in your questions, which you can, uh, ConsciousConfidential at gmail.com if you'd like. Uh, but I ended up grabbing these from a lot of our social feeds. So a lot of our comment sections, sometimes I get DMs about certain things that I wanted to talk about. And sometimes I can't fit them all in a nice packaged little text. So um, I thought this would be a fun episode to actually dive into some questions and comments some people have. Sometimes they're a little bit snarky, so um, I don't like to be super snarky on social just because nobody ever wins. Uh, but uh, now that I have a microphone and you don't, um, I'm going to go ahead and actually just uh, air some of these out. So um, I'm going to air them out just because they were written in a way that is, you know, maybe a little bit snarky, but I will give an actual answer to just because I think they deserve one, and why not? And they're, I think the answers are going to be kind of funny for you in general. And then I also just have general questions as well from people that have asked, and um, I've given them sort of a limited response uh, just because, again, we can't you – know, typically the way it works is, is that – uh, you typically want a very short response, and this is the format to give you a longer response. So I'll be reading through a couple of these, most of them from TikTok, because for some reason people are very colorful on TikTok. So we're going to go through those. So um, I'm going to go ahead and cover a couple of those things and any questions I might have for this week in general uh, that I just wanted to share with you guys. So this is the mailbag episode, the very first mailbag episode of Concierge Confidential. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. Okay, everyone. So we are back. So we're back here talking um, questions that you guys may have had. So uh, I want to go ahead and dive into one that I thought was kind of interesting because I think it was meant in a kind of harsh way, but uh, I think I actually have a really good answer for it. So the first one, uh, let's see here, comes from J. Mamdov, 1969. Yep. I'm going to have to read some of these uh, names that are kind of silly. So uh, the question was, or the comment was, what's a mixologist? A dude who charges 30 bucks for a gin and tonic? Well, Mr. Dov, uh, a mixologist, I, I definitely get that it is a very silly term. Mixologist, bartender, you're a bartender, but 
I think it actually does make a difference for sure. Uh, now that I've been going to a lot of bars here in Las Vegas, I can certainly say that there is a difference between a bartender and a mixologist if you really want to get technical with it. So, sure, your idea of a bartender is somebody who stands behind the bar, makes you drinks, and puts them in front of you. Sure, that's definitely fine. But a lot of the bars that I do go to, so a lot of cocktail bars specifically, there is a little bit of a science when it goes to actually putting things together and even more so uh, crafting a cocktail that is specifically to somebody's palate. So the thing is, is you do get a lot of people that really don't know a lot about their cocktails. A lot of people know they like gin. A lot of people know they like tonic water. Maybe they don't just want a gin and tonic. Maybe they actually do want like a... Um, just more intricate drink that they have never tried before or they want to experience something because there's so many different cocktails to make that they may not get it in some place like Iowa. Um, and I'm just using that as an example. So middle of the country where they may not have a lot of like cocktail bars to the number that we have here in Las Vegas. And they want to have a special experience when they're here and they want to sort of broaden their, broaden, broaden their horizons. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, like for, I'll use my home city for an example, which is Tucson, Arizona. Um, and this is, this is 100% taking a shot at Tucson. Uh, I don't think Tucson has a very good, uh, like cocktail bar community. Uh, it's very rare that I'll go to a bar in Tucson where you get a really good, really well-crafted cocktail. And sure, I do have a lot of listeners from Tucson. So if you have any problems with that, Come and tell me, where's your bar, and I will come check it out when I'm there. But every time I am in Tucson, I do have trouble getting a good old-fashioned, for example, uh, or any drink, for example, uh, unless they're making something with tajin, which that's basically the like go-to drink in Tucson. Uh, but, again, I think cities like Miami, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Las Vegas, Scottsdale, so not you know just totally shunning my home state, uh, those are places that have a higher foot traffic of people who are going to be ordering those cocktails. I actually don't expect people in Iowa or like Tucson to have like a huge cocktail culture uh, just because one, um, there are parts of Tucson that I don't frequent because I grew up there. I go to a lot of the same places that I did growing up that have craft bars. But again, when I'm there, I don't intend to go through them because I'm with family and that's sort of the thing. But Anyways, going back to like this mixologist thing is that one of my favorite restaurants, uh, Wakuda, I would 100% call them mixologists because every time I go and now that they, you know, kind of remember me and stuff and they know I'm sort of adventurous in terms of trying different cocktails is that they've, they'll ask me, have you ever had this cocktail? Have you ever tried this spirit? And they really work it through. They actually really, I used to think it was like they were annoyed by it, but they are really excited to try making these cocktails for you. And they're really just sort of putting these things together uh, in a way that they don't want to mess it up because, again, they know that you're, char you're paying for it. They really want to make it a great experience overall. And, I mean, I've had some great things. I've had some not-so-great things. Like, I'll use Wakuda, for example. Uh, they had me try this whiskey made with peanut butter. Or, yeah, or no, sorry, bananas. That's what it was. It smelled like bananas. I didn't like it, but hey, I tried it. It's my thing. But they are trying these different things. And you don't have to try like a, ban a banana flavored whiskey. But 
they are people who know how to craft a cocktail to make it taste delicious. And it can be really difficult. So I would say a mixologist isn't just trying to charge you or overcharge you on your drink. Uh, are the drinks more expensive at a cocktail bar in Vegas? Yes, 100% they are. That's just the way that Las Vegas works. But you have to understand that you are paying for the expertise of the bartender. A lot of bartenders, to be at that particular bar, especially on the Strip, typically have to work for a very long time to become a bartender at a cocktail bar. Uh, obviously, if you are or if you're just like on the casino floor, that takes seniority. You could be doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's a lot of volume. You don't get the same level of like cocktail making that you would get at a cocktail lounge that you can make or take, you know, five, six minutes on a drink to make it perfect. So I, I don't expect it to translate. And that's completely fine because I think mixologists have a place and bartenders have a place. And yes, it sounds like a very highfalutin way of saying that mixologist is a real thing. But this person saying that I can just charge you $30 because I can make this type of cocktail. Um, I mean, I, I would say that they're wrong. Uh, to be honest with you, just because I don't think they enjoy charging you $30 because one, the bartender doesn't set the prices. Um, it's a lot of what the clientele is, what they're shooting for uh, at that particular property. And honestly, a lot of drinks are not $30. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, contrary to popular belief, uh, the place that I went to last was a very expensive bar that I went to. But most, most places, and I kind of just want to answer this general question for everybody, is that a big question that I get is, why is everything so expensive in Vegas? Why are the drinks so pricey? And one thing is, it is a location. It is a destination factor in terms of why the drinks are so expensive. Obviously, there is an old-fashioned that could be made for 8 to $10 that is made for $20 in Las Vegas. Uh, I was in Tucson. I had an old fashioned and it ended up costing about eight, $9 here. The same cocktail is 18 to $20. And that's just because that is the nature of the city. So the one thing I want everybody to understand is when you comment to me on any of my socials about, man, that's just so expensive or man, I would never go there for it being that price. Uh, I will never never worry about someone saying, oh my goodness, I would never pay $20 for a cocktail. That's fine. But just know that the reality of Las Vegas is that that is what you'll be paying for a cocktail in this city for a, for a very large amount of the strip. That is what the price is. And that's really what I specialize in. I specialize in the Las Vegas strip. I specialize in you know, I would say mid to high tier restaurants and bars. That's really what the focus of this particular podcast is for. And I, and the thing is, is that there are so many different podcasts, so many different videos that make, you know, content for the city of Las Vegas that you have to try to find sort of your niche. And I'm still kind of early into all this. So I'm still kind of finding that. But I know what I like, and I'm doing things that I enjoy to do. So, for example, on like this particular channel, uh, you're not going to find a lot of like sushi restaurants. Uh, just because I'm not into sushi, that's not my big thing. I don't like soups, so you won't find a lot of soups on my channel either. Um, I've gone to a lot of shows, so I actually have a really good uh, sort of gauge of the shows in Las Vegas. 
but I don't film them a lot because, for the most part, uh, places do not like you filming their shows, and that would make for really boring content if I'm not able to actually show you what I'm going to see. Uh, so that's why you don't see a lot of shows on the visual platforms like Instagram and TikTok because we can't really show you any of that. So again, just understand the nature of the show. Um, I don't do a lot of like budget things because there are plenty of places that do do this for cheap or do this for that. You can go check those out as much as you want. But honestly, like on my page, you will not find a lot of, hey, where can I get these things for cheap? Because that is not what I am about. I'm really bad at finding deals. I'm really bad at like, you know, finding the budget place to stay. Um, I do not want to stay at a place that is, you know, on a super duper thin budget. Sure, it's good to find deals when you can, 100%. But that is not a lot of what I do. So uh, if you come on my channel and say, why do you always go to expensive places? It's really because that's where I want to hang out at. And that's what I want to display to you here on this channel. Um, I also don't go to a lot of local places. So um, again, we actually, there's plenty of pods that actually do that or plenty of socials that do that. And they do a fantastic job. I probably can never do what they do. Uh, because I really like to specialize on what I really enjoy about the city, and that is the Las Vegas Strip. Strip and downtown. That is what I do. So, anyways, moving off of our mixologist question, and I promise they're not all going to be that long. Um, I did have another one. This kind of wraps into the last one. I just wanted to say it. It's kind of funny. Um, I'd love to go here and just see what dipshits are paying $60 for a cocktail. And that's Lavi, and that was on... Uh, on TikTok. And that was in response to The Vault at the Bellagio, which is our latest video. You can go check it out at Concierge Confidential underscore LV on Instagram. You can also find it on TikTok at Keys to Vegas. And yeah, the dipshits who paid for that, I was one of those. So um, the thing is, is that I don't like to put people like in a prism. So it's like, I would love to see a dipshit. I, I'll, I'll put this back to you. Um, I would love to see the person who's a dipshit and pays $60 for a Fat Tuesday glass that you're only going to drink about a quarter of it and then drink the rest in sugar and get sick. And then you wasted your entire drink. And now you're sick for the rest of the day because you had to have it. So uh, that to me is what is a really good explanation of Everything is relative in the city. So I would love to see this person react to when you go to a nightclub and someone drops five to $10,000 on multiple bottles of, you know, Grey Goose, Don Julio 1942, where you can get the exact same alcohol at Costco for probably 15 to $20. So remember, you are not paying for the drink itself. You are paying for the experience that you're in. And that's what a lot of people have said. You're also paying for the space to be able to sit down, have your belongings put into a little cubby. You also get uh, cocktail servers and bussers that actually assist with you. The security that actually helps you just in case somebody starts getting out of hand and you have someone there to actually take care of that for you. Um, especially if it's very crowded, you do have security that will also help you get escorted to the bathroom or to wherever else you're trying to get to for the most part. Remember, everything in Las Vegas is relative. So sometimes for people who are paying $60 for a cocktail, that is worth it to them. That is something that they are accustomed to wherever they go. And honestly, I've seen somebody pay more for a cocktail that wasn't 
at this place, uh, the vault, which really pride not prides itself, but really is trying to make their name for themselves as a high-end speakeasy. They're trying to create exclusivity. That is the point of the pricing. They're trying to have high-end guests. They're trying to have high-caliber guests in terms of gaming. And they also want very exclusive guests. So they want celebrities, people who can feel comfortable in here, knowing they're not going to be around somebody from, you know, the you know, just somebody here on like spring break that just wandered into this place that had a door. Uh, they're really trying to create an atmosphere that is conducive for the clientele that they're going to have in their venue. And that is why the prices are absorbent. Would you, would I expect somebody to pay $60 on a regular budget when they come to Vegas? Probably not, but it's just a part of the city that I want to show. And that's, again, goes back to sort of the basis of the pod. So, yeah, I did pay $60 for a drink. Was it good? It was fantastic compared to the drink that I had at, you know, another place at the Bellagio that I was super unhappy with. They started making the drink. And for somebody who sort of takes cocktails a little bit serious, uh, I didn't enjoy it. And then when I went to the vault, I had a cocktail I really enjoyed. I thought it was fantastic. Um, So... I just want to sort of point out to that person that everything in this city is relative and you have to understand that you're not paying $60 for the cocktail. Sure, you're paying that amount of money to drink the cocktail, of course, but you are paying for the space, you're paying for the experience, you're paying for a memory for a lot of people. So again, relative. Uh, Sometimes people's memories are them, you know, eating fried chicken after a football game on Friday nights. Uh, by the way, that was like a Kenny Chesney sort of lyric, but that is, it's all relative to creating memories and experiences when you're here in Las Vegas. So um, I do kind of want to move past that one and uh, past the pricing thing uh, and go to this one. This is another question about speakeasies and one of them is about Ghost Donkey. And this was, Ghost Donkey is great, but the barbershop is better. And that was Bridget Adele on also TikTok. So, I will now make it known because I've actually had a lot about like a lot of discourse about the ghost donkey video in terms of, Oh, it's too small. Oh, I couldn't find it. Oh, I don't know if I like that place. Well, you know what guys I do. And that's why I did it. But I will actually explain that. Yes, I understand ghost donkey is very small. I don't expect larger groups to actually be able to go in there. Um, I've gone in there with a group of eight. It is totally possible as long as you're okay with standing because sometimes it gets busy. You can't sit at the booths. But I do want you to know that I think the barbershop is not a real speakeasy. And here's my reasoning why. Is that because we have so many of these speakeasies popping up, which has become a very trendy thing to have as a speakeasy in your hotel, which is why I go to so many of them. It happens. Um, I think the point of a good speakeasy is that it's a little hidden. You don't know what's inside. And it's a fun surprise when you get in, into the venue. And the barbershop is not a surprise. We all know that what's in there. We all know that's something where that big giant box is. It's not really hidden at all. There's a line out to the door. There's a security guard. They have a cover charge. I hate it. I hate that there's a cover charge. It's just a, it's, it's just a venue. It's just a bar with a venue. It's a live performing venue that has seating. It has these cool like little door that slides and you say, oh my goodness, I'm in the barber shop. I go through the barber chairs. I don't understand. 
I don't want to hear the comparison. Yes, Barbershop is a great spot. It's cool for live music. Uh, Maroon 5 walked out of there, so good for you. Uh, but the, the two times I've gone in there, the first time, it was crowded, obviously. The drinks are fine. It's cool. But it's a little too crowded for me, which is kind of funny because people think Ghost Donkey's too crowded. But Ghost Donkey itself is built to be crowded. It's built to be the size of what it looks like, a broom closet. It's very, very small. But that's the way it was built. Barbershop is manufactured to be exclusively tiny. I don't understand it. It's a huge space. It used to actually be a normal bar there. So it's a huge space. And when you walk in, you actually feel more claustrophobic and more in the way than you do at Ghost Donkey. It has all these big, giant leather ta- leather couches around that are for tables. Then you have the bar off to the edge where they have a bunch of bartenders that are always busy, which is fine. And it's just like there's no space. And the other time I went to listen to live music, it was 9 o'clock, and they had not started yet. They were still tuning their damn, their damn instruments. And honestly, guys, this is also another pet peeve of mine, is that I hate when I'm sitting in a bar and having to hear people tune their music for literally an hour. And that is honestly the most irritating thing to me. So I love live music. I think it's great. But why does it take an hour for you to tune your guitar, tune all of your instruments, live there in person? I, it's Again, this is old man yelling at clouds. But again, this is my. we're talking about the barbershop. I'm explaining the barbershop. The barbershop is a regular bar, guys. I do not count it as a speakeasy just because you get to go through a special door. So I don't know. Go ahead. Go to the barbershop. It's totally fine. But we're comparing basically apples to oranges. I don't think the barbershop is a speakeasy. I think it's a bar. So I don't even put it in the same class as that. Um, I did actually have somebody come on here and tell me that um, the... So you have Ghost Donkey, and then you have the Ski Lodge, which I've been to the Ski Lodge. Uh, Ski Lodge is great. I think the Ski Lodge is actually a great speakeasy. So for those of you that like the Ski Lodge better than Ghost Donkey, I actually can't say anything about that because Ghost Donkey is a little bit tough in terms of cocktails that you may like if you don't like tequila or mezcal because they don't have a lot of stuff outside of that. But the Ski Lodge does, and they also have a good amount of food as well. They have, like, cool pizzas, and they also have a much fuller bar as well. And it's a little bit bigger space, a little bit more roomy, and I think that's actually cool. So I'm not coming after those of you that like the Ski Lodge. The Ski Lodge is actually awesome. So totally cool with that. We're all good. We're all still friends. So, yeah. So anyways, moving kind of away from the speakeasies for now for for at least a little bit, um, I had a question on TikTok, and this is sort of a general one. Could you recommend the best uh, mocktail-friendly bars in town? And that's by Allie McLaughlin, which sounds like uh, an actress, and I looked deeply. She's not an actual actress um, for, for, for TikTok. But anyways mocktails mocktails have become super popular in town and if you're somebody who enjoys mocktails or you're somebody who is sober or somebody that wants to still enjoy you know a a, a mixed drink without the alcohol included this is actually good for you guys just because most places in town do offer mocktail menus especially cocktail bars that i like to frequent so places like uh wakuda 
uh, usually has a very good mocktail menu. They usually have uh, f- about three or four on uh, on the menu. Uh, another place I'd recommend that makes really good mocktails is the uh, Nomad Bar, which is over at the Park MGM. And they can really whip up anything that you may enjoy. So uh, the reason I recommend these two places is because they have a very large bar with many, many ingredients. And again, mixologists who know how to craft a beautiful, delicious, tasty drink for somebody who may not want to actually have alcohol in their drink. And uh, I actually really, really love to do a mocktail video um, just when I'm able to kind of put these things together. But really, I would say anytime you go to go to like a nice cocktail bar, uh, they should have one or two mocktails on the menu that you should be able to enjoy. So uh, I think uh, those are my like kind of spots that I would recommend. But uh, most places are going to be able to offer you a, uh, a mocktail, which sometimes look very, very delicious. So um, I did get this question as well, kind of just moving and bouncing around. This was a direct message, so I won't tell you who the person is because it was a, a private message. But this person celebrating their uh, wedding anniversary, and they want to accommodate 18 people for an a la carte menu, no set menu for this particular thing. So uh, we tell this to people all the time when they come to the concierge desk, is that you do need to understand the city and understand some restrictions. For a group of more than typically eight most places require a credit card authorization form. So this typically requires you to fill out an authorization form, and I know very archaic, uh, fax the credit card authorization form to the restaurant, and typically you have a set menu for your diners. If it's over typically eight or nine people, depending on the restaurant. So you have to understand that there is a reason why we don't let parties of 18 have an a la carte menu and make a reservation in a restaurant. Let me just walk it through you. Walk it through for you. For a group of 18 people, you take four times four. That's 18, obviously. Is it 18? Could be 16. Let's do the math, guys. Four times four. I was never good in math. This always takes time. 16. I'm very bad. So if you put four people at four tables, that's 16 people. And then you got two extras. So then you got to add tables. So that's you're taking away five tables, maybe six, in my restaurant for your one party. And I don't know how much you're going to spend. You can all go in there and order a salad each. No alcohol, just sodas, just waters. I've now wasted five or six tables on this one party. And guess what? You all might want to pay separately. And then that adds more stress to the servers. So you might be saying, oh, well, you know, I'm the customer. It's up to me. That's fine. That's all fine and good. But you don't pay the bills. You do pay the bills, but the restaurant does. So they understand, and they would rather do this this way, is to do a credit card authorization form. Um, and they also want to do a prefix menu because, again, everything can be planned out and come out at certain times. So you have to understand that when you have this many people, your your range of things that you're going to want is going to be very, very small. 
So, for example, for this particular group, I would recommend, if you have 18 people, uh, a couple options. One, uh, your, in terms of dining, the level, uh, you're, and you, you want to do a la carte and 18 people, which sounds like they don't want to do a credit card authorization form, is your level of what your dining is going to be has to come down a couple stars. So what does that mean? So you're probably not going to be able to go to SW Steakhouse just because one, they're not going to run to that many tables. This is a very large group for this type of restaurant. So you want to look at things that are like Italian because typically Italian places are able to serve larger groups just because of how the food comes out family style. A lot of the times it's easier to serve. Uh, you're also looking at something that's a little bit more casual, I would say. You have to look at places that allow walk-ins for larger groups. So you're looking at places like uh, like Holstein's. Uh, another place that I've been to that allows larger groups is Black Tap, which that's over at the Bedishid. You have to sort of work with us or work with your concierge or the reservation specialist to let us try to craft the best experience for your party. So I know it doesn't sound like glamorous, but things like Carmine's, Buca de Peppo, they are equipped to handle large groups uh, without a credit card authorization form. So it doesn't sound romantic, I know, but those are some of the better options that I can give you that are going to be on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, not a, Honestly, not a lot of places, that 20 people, that's basically a, that's that's a very small group that could be as you say a wedding so i don't know it's a little tough it's a little tough that one so yeah good luck um so moving on uh i did get this one also by the with the vault all, all these speakeasy ones are very interesting questions but this one i had i actually told the person who wrote it that i agreed with them so this is for the vault. Uh, they didn't have the signature glass girl. That's how she said it. Uh, if I'm spending $35 on a drink, they better have the signature glass. And I 100% agreed with just woman ghosts. I 100% agree with you. Uh, I'm very bad at confrontation, which is probably why I don't respond to these on Twitter very often um, or on any of the platforms. Uh, because... You're right. You're right. If you if you paid for a cocktail that was $35 and it did not come out exactly how you wanted it, you should tell them you want the signature cocktail glass. You want it this way. Make a different effort because I did not and I did not like how the drink looked. It tasted delicious. But you have to remember these things are added. You do have, I hate to say entitlement, but you are entitled to have the full experience as, as much as you can. They should be able to tell you, hey, we don't have that glass. Can we put it in this one? Can we get you a different cocktail? So on and so forth. So I 100% agree with her. Is that if you are spending a certain amount of money, you should demand a certain amount of service for sure. Because that is also what you are paying for. Just know that you can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger for two, three dollars and be just as full as going to Wakuda and getting a fantastic slice of or piece of sushi that is going to fill you the same, but be probably three times, four times as much 
as the uh, cheeseburger you got from McDonald's. So 100% let them know like, Hey, like I don't like this class. Hey, I don't like the way that this tastes. I don't like the way this is prepared. Um, be constructive. Try not to just be, you know, super uh, blunt. Like I don't like this. Why don't you like it? Because if you tell me why you do or do not like it, I can now make it similar to what you're looking for. So again, try to be constructive if you are going to be telling them, hey, give it to me this way. Okie dokie. So um, I've gotten through a lot of questions, haven't I? I think I went through most of them. Yep, I went through most of them. So, hey, I think we knocked out a lot. Um, if you guys have any more questions, feel free to DM me and I will talk about them on here. Um, sometimes people have very good questions on it. Um, I do want to know, like, sometimes what your thoughts are on, like, the F1 event coming into town. Um, I asked my mom, who lives out of town, and I wanted to know, like, how do you think this has, like, affected people outside of the city? Because I know people in the city are not very excited about it. And I totally understand why. The traffic is absolutely horrendous. It's hard to get around town. And then, like, the workers. Like, how are you going to get to and from work on those weekends? I don't know. Just very interesting question. I would love to be answered one day. So, um, I did go to a very basic place for our next last night in Vegas. I even told the person that I, that I was there with that, um, this restaurant is probably the most basic restaurant in all of Las Vegas, but Hey, I tried it. It was actually not too bad. Um, would I go there again? And eh, maybe, um, if a lucky lady out there is wants to go there, then I'll probably try it out again. But yeah, you'll have to check it out on last night in Vegas, which is coming out later in the week. And, uh, hopefully you all enjoy that one. But uh, yeah, I'm still out here just thinking about questions that I want to be asked. Or if you do have a place that I want to highlight, uh, go ahead and DM me or hit me up on any of my social channels. Uh, Concierge Confidential underscore LV on Instagram and then at Keys to Vegas on TikTok. Same thing for Twitter, which we're almost never on there, unfortunately. We try our best. But let me know. Let me know anything that you want covered and I'll go ahead and try my best at covering it and checking it out and seeing whether it's worth it or not. So that was this week's Concierge Confidential. I will be out and about looking at other things. Uh, hopefully I bring you something new and cool because that's always my goal is to make sure that I'm showing you things that I enjoy out here in lovely Las Vegas. So again, uh, this was Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega. Make sure you catch us every week. If you see me out in town, awesome. Come say hello. But remember, keep it confidential. <laughs>